When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to The Run Home this Friday, the 24th of February. Kim Downs here, delighted to be here with you as ever on a Friday afternoon alongside Stephen Donald. You are, as I mentioned, with The Run Home on ECNZ, thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. A cracker of a show coming up for your Friday drive home. Here's what's coming up on our Macca's menu today. We get all the latest at the TAB with Brendan Popplewell on what is a massive day and ahead of a massive weekend in sport. Anyone else fizzing for Super Rugby? I certainly hope so. I know I am. We're checking in as well with Greg O'Connor later in the hour after five. We're back on Super Rugby with Peter Alatini to share his thoughts across everything that's happening with the teams and we're heading to see some athletics. Sarah Cowley-Ross is joining us on the show a little later on uh, leading into Nationals next week and with some big results for our New Zealand athletes over the last few days. We will of course be talking cricket all through the show as well, uh, including very soon where I might despair somewhat. And it's Friday. You know what that means. Beavers best. Don't forget to get your texts in for our four-leg multi. Beav has already got his thinking cap on in regards to the three legs that we're going to choose. But if we want your one as well, then you can be in to win that $50 TAB bet uh, that we will put on and, fingers crossed, might actually come through this time. That's our Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, uh, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Now, Beave, I've kind of tried to talk you up there on the Beaver's Best a bit, knowing full well that, you know, another week has passed and it's maybe getting a bit awkward now. Well, funny you say that, Kim. I actually feel the last few weeks uh, we've been close but no cigar and, and I guess the feeling amongst the camp um, obviously, apart from you, I know with the, the other lads in the team here, uh, I'm talking about Kez and, and J-Dog there, they feel we are knocking on the door. They feel that we've been really progressing. It's like we're, we're getting to a nice 50 and 60, and that, that triple figures, uh, using cricket analogies here, just isn't far away. So, uh, no, no, feeling real good, actually. 
Oh, that's good. Good to hear. Uh, while you're using the cricket analogies then, Beef, mm. uh, and we're talking triple <laughs> figures, should we talk about Harry Brook, who's currently unbeaten on 142? New England 244 for three after we had them 21 for three within the first hour of play. Eh. <laughs> that's about how I sum that up. Wasn't 21 for three a wonderful place to be? Um, I remember I, I obviously was a bit busy this morning and about, and uh, I was getting progress updates from uh, Jacob, and he, he thought we might be batting by lunch, the way the boys were going. And uh, since then, um, I'd hate to be the uh, the guy that outs Jacob here in New Zealand, but since then, there's <laughs> but I'll been do two, it. I'll do it at the top of the hour on national yeah, radio. There's been 220 runs. 220 runs and no mm-hmm. wickets. So um, I, I like Jacob. Jacob is an undercover Englishman. Uh, I so am. I, I, and I, I can turn of, sides at any time. Yeah, I sort, of wonder if, I sort of wonder if he's on the Bears payroll a little bit. I mean, every other, key, every <laughs> well, other te- Kiwi te- is. Technically, I used to be. Um, yeah. But no, it's, it's good viewing, isn't it, Beef? I mean, they're just revolutionising the uh, game no. of test cricket. Just don't in call it Bears very ball. Eyes. Yeah, or or Ben Ball. I have no enjoyment watching this. <laughs> uh, Purists can say, oh, yeah, it's wonderful revolutionising Test cricket. No, revolutionise it somewhere else. Not here against our beloved Black Cats. Well, they did against Pakistan. Yeah, do it, it in Pakistan. Us, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, well, fingers crossed they do it against the Aussies. I'm just thinking the uh, the sound of revolutionaries everywhere, Beef. Revolutionise somewhere else. Thanks very much. Neil Wagner at the moment, by the way, uh, 81 he's gone for. Not picking up a wicket off his 12, nearly 13 overs. So not the best series for him. On the bowling note, though, so of those three wickets, Matt Henry took a couple. Daryl Mitchell actually spoke about him uh, ahead of play today. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, Matt, he's, a, he's obviously a, a seasoned bowler in international cricket now. It's awesome that he's just had the birth of his little girl and I know he'll be excited to come and join this group and, and hopefully take a few wickets, uh, which would be awesome. And, yeah, I'm sure he'll be uh, yeah, pretty proud to do that with uh, his little girl watching on TV. No doubt. And it was great to see him straight back in the wickets as well early this morning, even if they have been... Uh, it's not even few and far between, non-existent since. Uh, so there you go. But little little Annabelle, hopefully kind of letting the little wee newborn eyes open a smidge to watch Dad play for New Zealand. That must be a pretty cool feeling, Beef. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if she's quite at the age where she can appreciate what Dad's done here and knocking the top off the English order, but uh, I'm sure one day he'll have a chance to tell her that uh, a couple of days after your birth, I was uh, back into it at a windy old basin. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, hang in there, guys. We knew this pitch was going to be like this, they reckon. It's, uh, I remember McCarty telling us very early on in the week, it'll be green as hell, and then it will turn into a Wellington road. So I guess we did what we could early, mm. and now we are witnessing uh, a superstar in the making, and then obviously already an established superstar in route in uh, Brook there. So uh, it's... Um, it's, it's tough watching our heroes uh, at the moment, isn't it? But, uh, hey, they'll bounce back. Salvi and Henry, wonderful figures. And uh, the other boys, they'll chip in. We believe, we believe. Now, on the Southie note as well, we've talked about Matt Henry, but Tim Southey, captain, my captain, uh, did pick up a wicket as well. A special one when he got Ben Duckett this morning. Here's how that played out. for New Zealand. It's Bracewell again. Oh, that's a beauty. 
Michael Bracewell has an outstanding pair of hands. This time he needed just the one, diving full length to his left. Duckett on his way. Southey picks up his first. Yeah, so picked up his first of this test. It's his seventh, 700th wicket across international cricket for Tim Southey, that one as well. So what a milestone for him. Only Dan Vittori uh, above him in the old list of international wickets across all formats. Now, I think Dan from Recollection is on 705, so you would think it's not going to be too long before Southey overtakes him, which is one heck of an achievement, and it must be said uh, a well-deserved one for the toil that he's put into the game over the years. Absolutely. When you look at both them, longevity... Salvi would have started, like I remember Victoria, he started at 18. Um, you know, Salvi would have been very similar, I think. I remember his test debut against England, and he, he made quite the impact with the bat that day. He's 70-odd, wasn't it? Yeah, with Fleming. Him and Fleming uh, <laughs> held a major a major partnership. So, no, it's a reward for longevity, but also excellence. He's been a mainstay of that team for a long, long time. So, no, he's, uh, I know they're all under the pump at the moment, but... Uh, yeah, certainly a wonderful, wonderful cricketer. Yeah, and I think uh, as you listen to us through the afternoon, if we're mid-chat and then erupt into spontaneous cheers, you know exactly what's happened. It means we've finally got another wicket, she says, as she watches the ball go for four. Uh, what a time away from the cricket. Let's talk some athletics, actually, because there was a big meet in Melbourne last night, including a couple of Kiwi sprinters who are at the top of their game. Eddie Ossian Kitia, uh, who is somewhat famously bound for American football over in the States in Hawaii up against Tian Welton who's been the big competition for him of late but has never really managed to get in front of him. Uh, now that was one that meet by Ronan Browning of Australia but Eddie still managed to edge out Tian again. Can't wait to talk to Sarah Kelly Ross about this in a little bit Beef. but what a loss in my opinion to see that kind of talent and rare talent at that in terms of someone who can represent New Zealand on that stage, in that sport, heading off for an entirely different sport in the States. And heading off for a dice roll. Yeah, absolutely. Es- essentially. Uh, so I was just thinking, like, how much does he have to put together in his own mind to possibly say, you know what, as much as going to university in Hawaii sounds cool, I think I'm going to, I think I can smell the Olympics. But this, I mean, is the, this is the problem, right, though. He couldn't even, you know, he's the fastest yeah. man in New Zealand. While he hadn't set the national record prior uh, to qualifying and, and selection for the Com Games, he still couldn't even make the Commonwealth Games because of the national selection criteria. And that, I mean, a lot of the athletes have complained about that in athletics in particular, and it's another thing we, we'll talk to Sarah Cowley-Ross about is, is whether that criteria needs to change, but it does just feel like, regardless of where his time sit, uh in the global order, surely someone who is literally the fastest man New Zealand has ever produced over 100 metres should get the chance to go to Com Games, to go to Olympics. Criteria, 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 isn't it, Kim? Indeed it is. Now, babe, let's be honest. Mm. You'll be looking forward to tonight. Chiefs Crusaders. Cannot wait. You're um you're not quite wearing the colours yet, I see, but I suspect that by the end of the show you will have changed into some sort of Chiefs regalia. Well, actually, I'm wearing I'm wearing what I was wearing this morning for work, which is um, grins, and essentially that is half the team uh, has ownership in grins. Well, a few of them anyway. <laughs> so uh, and the others just love drinking it. So pretty much the colours, pretty much the colours, uh, Kim. 
There was an interesting point raised, um, and I feel like you are almost the perfect person. In fact, you are the perfect person to respond to it. Uh, earlier on the show, on Izzy and Kempe's show, someone texted in and they were asking about the Crusaders and whether the Crusaders were about poaching talent from elsewhere or whether talent want to go to the Crusaders and be part of that culture. Now, Izzy, who uh, is not originally from Canterbury... I think He's was, not? N- no, Beeve. No. Uh, oh. was, was somewhat up in arms at the idea that his beloved Crusaders were talent poachers. Uh, Some of the Highlanders, I think, is he, at one stage? <laughs> now, do you think that's fair? Do you think they're more poachers or do people want to go? Or is it a mixture? Did they originally poach talent and then they became so good that people just wanted to go there anyway? Uh, I, pro- I think they probably built their house on poaching mm. and, now they- and now people want to go there because of the house that they've built. Mm. So, yeah. I think, there's, I think there's some guilt. There should be some guilt down there. There's no doubt about it. What did Izzy have to say? So he uh, was affronted by the idea, I believe, that there was even the possibility that his beloved Crusaders um, could be considered talent poachers. Look, I would be staggered if he could defend it. Uh, So, uh, yeah, move on, I guess. Move on. Exactly. Now, we've also had a text and B from Ken on the Super Rugby front. Beaver, did I hear in your picks that the Blues will finish fifth out of the New Zealand sides? No, not fifth. Not Beef, fifth. Did you say fifth out of the New Zealand sides? No. Oh. No, no. Potentially you know what? No, fourth. Ken, I believe it. Ken, I believe it. Potentially fourth? <laughs> Potentially fourth. No way do they finish fourth out of the New Zealand teams. What? I think they do. So you you think the Hurricanes finish above the Blues? I've got a I've got a feeling the Hurricanes might be a bit of an improver. Yeah, an improver, but but they will they have improved that much? They've got two of the most influential players in New Zealand rugby, in uh, Geordie and Artie, mm-hmm. and a few of their young guys are another year older and might be just about to break out. I get, I get it. There's still a massive issue about the 10 jersey, mm. jersey issue. We talked about it yesterday. But if somebody can get a hold of that jersey and not set the word on fire, but just make good decisions and get them around the park, I think they have the capabilities of maybe jumping up the New Zealand ladder a little. <sighs> That's a big call, and I can't wait to uh, remind you. In fact, Jacob and Kez, if we could just make sure that we've recorded this to remind Beeve of it later in the season. That would be much appreciated. In the meantime, I believe we've actually got Kenny from Canterbury on the line with us at the moment. Kenny, are you there? I am, yeah. G'day. G'day, g'day. Uh, now, judging on where you're calling from, I, I suspect I know what this is going to be about. Is there a Crusaders tape, Kenny? There is, and Stephen Rex Donald, you've got a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me. Why would we feel guilty? <laughs> oh, look, I know you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. So I was struggling to work out the take of Izzy. I just don't know why Izzy just doesn't come out and say it. I know there's no guilt in Christchurch and Canterbury for, uh, I guess, really uh, raiding the stocks of elsewhere. Uh, but uh, I, just, I, just want Izzy, I just want Izzy to front it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll maybe, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of the great man, but 
I'll do my best. Please. Sure, we may have, I guess, poached in the past. Yes. But then you build a bit of a dynasty and then people just want to come and play for that dynasty and be part of it. Well, that's, that's, that's what I was meaning. I think early doors you definitely poached um, and then the poaching was successful. Um, I think I mean, I just, was it, probably Ro- Robbie, Robbie Dean's built that poaching dynasty, really, if you want to call it that. <laughs> but, but then I think you just got to look at where he went to school and it's what that school does in Christchurch as well. <laughs> Well, I was, just, I was just running through your Ford pack tonight, and geez, the Hurricanes would have a good team if, I guess, the poaching didn't come. Well, no, by this stage, they wanted to go to Christchurch. It was, it was to be a part of the dynasty. With, with, with Taylor and Barrett, Whitelock, obviously, would have been a handy, yeah. handy type five for the uh, Canes. Yeah, and I mean, you could say that any super rugby team from New Zealand could create a dynasty, but, you know... The fact is, none of them have. No. <laughs> uh, the evil empire continues. And, uh, Kenny, I know you're very proud of it, and uh, so is Izzy. And, uh, Izzy I've got another wee story anyway. <laughs> Come sorry, on. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt there. I've got another wee story for you, and it, it is a bit it is related, but I think you'll quite like it. I was um, just in possession of some quite um, awe-inspiring memorabilia, sports memorabilia. Um, you'll remember the year 2000, you would have been in your heyday then. And, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, Kenny, that's, that's six some former. of the greatest chat. Continue. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you had nothing to do with it because the Chiefs weren't that great then. Um, but 2000 in the final against the Brumbies Crusaders and we had um, Andrew Merton step up to the tee from about 40-odd metres out and kick a goal to win us the game 2019. I was actually just in possession of a case holding the boots that he was wearing that day. Oh, glorious. Was that was that the Ron Cripp try night too? Was that in Canberra? I think it was. It was in Canberra, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I can't remember the Ron Cripp try, but yeah, it was that. I was only 12 years old at the time, so. Oh, well, oh no, yeah. Stephen. Well, I was in my prime at, at 16. Um, and yes, I do remember it. It's my all-time hero growing up, so. Jeepers. What a, yeah. what a piece of memorabilia to have. Did, did we poach Mertens as well, considering he was born in South Africa? Oh, I think there's an aspect of that too. I don't think you can. I don't think you can turn a blind eye to that. And, and obviously, his great mate was from uh, well, from Mataru. Uh, Marshy was throwing him the passes. So Marshall, look, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we want to dig too deep on these, Kitty. Well, we could dig into the uh, chess record of poaching, so <laughs> we won't go there though. Maybe that's... Anton Leonard Brown and Mackenzie went to school and I don't, I don't know where they went to school. Maybe <laughs> South Waikato. And, and Brody, for that matter, Beef? No, no. It wasn't South Waikato, Stephen, because um, Mackenzie's, all of the Mackenzie's went to school where I went to school and that's right here in Christchurch. <laughs> it's the schooling system here that really creates that dynasty, not the poaching. Oh, now, now I feel like I'm just um, having a conversation with my... Uh, Cantabrian other half at home, Kitty, to be perfectly honest. It's the schools down here, Dal. It's the schools. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's a very smart man, that, that husband of yours. <laughs> well, I won't be telling him that you've said that, Kenny. Super appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Yes, um, Kenny. Thank you, glad, mate. Glad to hear the uh, Canterbury take on this because we probably did get in danger there of being a bit one-sided with the Chiefs' affiliation from Beeve up yeah. here. Uh, and good to know as well because you will, of course, be in the draw for our Makita Caller of the Week and we'll be announcing that one later in the show. So stay tuned.
has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's the Run Home with Kim and Beeve. It is 4.27pm here on The Run Home. Remember, you can call any time on the Makita phone line 0800 150 or give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine. We have another caller in now, Robbie, calling from Wanaka. Robbie, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Is it a super rugby chat time, is it? Yeah, I just wanted to clear up this uh, Crusaders poaching slander, actually. <laughs> slander? Slander is what it is. <laughs> are, we, are we about to get taken to the BSA for uh, defaming the poor old Crusaders? Well, I just um, would like Beaver just to tell me where Damien McKenzie, Anton Lena <laughs> Brown, Alex Nankerville and Brodie Retallick were all schooled. Where did they have their secondary school education? Well, look, Robbie, you have a point. However, your argument's flawed because the poaching started so young in Canterbury that you had to handpick a kid from Invercargill Primary School. Hey, He's a Southlander. He should be playing for the Landers. Hey, hey, Damien McKenzie's dad chose to send him to what school he wanted. It's not his fault. He learned all his talent in Christchurch. Trust me. Oh, jeepers. Oh, look, Robbie, I, I knew that argument was coming, um, but yes... Scholarships to nine-year-olds uh, to go to schooling in Christchurch, <laughs> just it was, outrageous. It was, a, it was a tennis scholarship, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. A <laughs> he tells me he can play tennis. I still haven't seen it. Apparently, he'd never picked up a footy until he came to Christchurch, and uh, it just uh, he got it in his veins in, in Christchurch, and he's never looked well, back. Robbie, I just need to clear up. I've got Robbie from Wanaka on my monitor here. Are, are you? Have you moved from Christchurch to Wanaka, or are you a Lander supporter who's just given up and gone to the Crusaders? No, no, I've, uh, I'm an expat. I've moved from Christchurch. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Sorry, Robbie. Is this Robbie Bonish? Yes, come it is. <laughs> All right, I'll babe. see you March tenth. <laughs> See you March 10, Robbie, you absolute champion. I'll, I'll explain to Beave, uh, this happens to be one, Ollie, one of Ollie Ritchie's very, very good friends from high school and a dedicated SENZ listener, Robbie, so we very much appreciate it. And, yeah, I'll see you for the uh, upcoming shindig in Taranaki. Yeah, I've managed to stitch Ollie up on the radio as well on Smithy's show. So he has, um, and I've heard the audio of that, and it's very entertaining talking about how Ollie used to be a Hurricanes fan, actually, B. Oh, and then Crusaders started winning. Something like that, right, Robbie? Yeah. There is a bucket load of truth to that, Timothy <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, sure. Brilliant. I'm sure there are many more stories to come out. Sadly, we've got to get to the news, but thank you so much for calling, Rob. Four thirty-two on the run home, and I tell you what, the texts are absolutely rolling in at the moment. Do keep them coming on the Temper Bedpost text machine because we love to hear from you, uh, guys. That can't have Kenny. It's one of our callers earlier in the show. It's his last name, Dag. Go the Blues, Beaver.
got you guys tonight. Get those Cantabs. Cheers, Ken. Might be a bit of that sentiment going around for the Chiefs, I suspect, Beef. Absolutely. We've also had the the alternative, and well, I guess the opposition in that argument, and not just from Robbie from Monica, uh, Merkin from Sydney. Uh, afternoon, Kim and Beef. I believe Beaver may be the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> the Chiefs have poached Guzzler, which is obviously Brody Retallick, Leonard Brown and McKenzie from South, well, from Southland and Canterbury. Cheers, Merkin. Thank you for listening from Sydney. Um, I choose to ignore those two or three that have somehow found their way to Vitron. I think they came to Vitron for work opportunities in the first place and then got thrown a lifeline by the uh, Chiefs. Sorry, were those work opportunities playing rugby beef? No, I think I I literally think... Was that called a contract? No, no, I think they literally came looking for the land of opportunity, which is Vitron. Uh, speaking of lands of opportunities, there's a land of opportunity I need to go to, mm-hmm. um, Kim. Obviously, I oft, often give you a bit of grief about being Kim Downs One News, but it's because of the way you pronounce your words, because how you get your mouth around the words so precisely and perfect. I've here been given a bit of uh, advice from Rob. Uh, Ken Stephen Donald, this is full name, this is full name, <laughs> go to broadcasting school. First of all, no, I've done enough studying in my life, Rob, to sink a ship. His pronunciations and sentence speaking next to Kimberly is embarrassing. Regards, Rob. Well laid out text and to the point, he hasn't missed and I will not be going to broadcasting school. Uh, I work with too many of them and I don't know what they got there. So I'll be staying well away. Pronunciations, beef. Oh, what's it? by the way. <laughs> could, do you, could do some good, beef. Just six yeah. months. Just no. six months. Night school. Night school. Yeah. Can you get a degree after six months at broadcast school? Well, yeah. they, they could for you. You get special requirements, don't you? So. No, well, it took me seven years to get my management degree from Waikato University, so I'd hate to think how long a broadcasting school, considering I can't even put my sentences together, would take me. Yeah, but to be fair, you've got one of the best rugby uh, rugby brains in the business, Beef, and I can't possibly compete with that. So we're going for complimenting each other, aren't we? Is the okay. vibe. Can you just interpret me for some of the listeners that are struggling at the moment? <laughs> Happy to. I'll put it down on my uh, my next CV, Stephen <laughs> Donald's personal interpreter on radio. <laughs> right. We are going to be talking more super very soon because BP uh, is joining us because it's time for a TAB live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Brendan, hope you're well. Uh, first things first, Crusaders, are they poachers? <laughs> I think Beaver's opened this can of worms up enough to be able to leave me out of this, uh, this uh, scenario. <laughs> I'll just sit nicely on the fence here, and I'll uh, I'll just watch the show unfold, and I'll just grab some more popcorn. <laughs> you are a wise, wise man, Brendan. Don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise. But let's get straight into the rugby. Eh? How how are we looking on the Super yeah. Rugby front at the moment? Yeah, it's a, it's a very great listen though. I just lo- I love the backtracking from Beef. Um, it's been, it's been a good um, <laughs> um, what have we got? Yeah, Super Rugby. And look, interesting game coming up here. This is this is the best way to start Super Rugby, isn't it, uh, for, for 2023? Because it really is going to be a blockbuster with the teams that have been announced. And what we're seeing here is a, a lot of money being placed on the match. Crusaders wise, they certainly hold. Uh, the amount of bets that have been had uh, in terms of uh, percentage-wise, around 65% on the, the Crusaders, $1.45 now. Chiefs at 280 but we have seen that, that steady stream of money for the Chiefs all week to see them work down from $3 to $2.80. Uh, and in terms of big bets around the match, we have seen a, a $2,000 bet placed on uh, 
uh, Tucky Ahold to score first, second or third try in the power play at $5. So that's been our best back power play by by quite some margin. I think we mentioned that one yesterday uh, with you, Beeb. That, that was one of a couple of power plays that could be worth playing. Uh, and, yeah, just an, uh, the best back Chiefs option is $5,000 on the Chiefs at plus 25 and a half. So that's saying the Chiefs will not lose the match by any more points than 25 points. That's only paying a dollar and eight cents. 5,000 on to win $400 uh, is our big bet there uh, at a dollar oh eight. Probably not your wheelhouse, uh, Beeve. What, what's your thoughts on the match and how it could, could unfold? No, I, I think it, before the rain came off, it was going to be quite a high scorer, but I, I like the Chiefs with the six and a half point start. Dollar eighty five. Oh, I really think it's going to be a wonderful game of footy. Two two great forward packs going at it, and uh, I think it's going to be that close that we go with, go with a six-and-a-half point start. I look at some of the other stuff, and I found an interesting power play in the uh, Aussie Friday night game, which probably is their match of round two, uh, the Brumbies versus the Tars. Either team by 1 to 12, and between 41 and 60 total match points at three bucks. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, I like what you're putting down there. Yeah, yeah, okay. It, it, it's a, I, I will say we haven't had a lot of money in, in through this particular match because I think it's purely on the, the, the first game. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's an interesting power play, that. Look, we haven't taken too much in terms of that one, but our overall power play markets haven't really been touched up too much uh, in that game, but now that you mention it, B, you, you, you might get a bit of interest there. The other one, <laughs> if there has been any support, uh, is the either team to lead at half time by one to five points at around yep. uh, that 250 mark, and the other one just below it as well to that Brumbies to win by 11 to 20 refund if the Brumbies win by six to 10 or 21 to 25. And punters like that one if there's a bit of insurance uh, tacked on to the end of it. Uh, if you like the Brumbies, that one's at three dollars. But in that actual match itself, though, the Waratahs. Have been supported at that two ten price. They, they have taken money all week. To be honest with you, uh, it's an option. I know that you were liking uh, all yep. week when we spoke Beaver and the Waratahs and, and maybe the one to twelve. So, um, yeah, could, is he, are you thinking Beaver's best for the one that you found? I, th- I think I am actually. I, I tell you, a fascinating one for me now is the the cricket. We're out to nine fifties at three for twenty one. How short were we? Uh, oh, two. I think we got to two twenty, maybe. I don't think we Ooh. ever got below two dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, the draw's been the the big yo-yo here um, yes. as well because the draw got punted in heavily pre-first ball and got round to sort of three dollars fifty. Then it just ballooned out to sort of seven fifty when they were three for twenty-one. Everyone thinking maybe. <laughs> There could be 15 wickets in this first day, and then it's going it's to really accelerate the match. Not thinking that maybe England would score nearly 300 um, in another way of accelerating the match. So England now 127. We took a thousand on them at a dollar 99 at one stage um, during our live betting. Now they're looking like they've just set themselves up. Even if there is going to be rain over the next couple of days, this match has set themselves up to to, to say that they're ready to launch no matter what happens. So. Um, yeah, the Gs are playing fantastic, aren't they? Harry Brook, he's um, one of our worst options as well in terms of our top run scorer. He was really well backed in that top run scorer market along with Joe Root. So they're, they're still in uh, at present. And other two guys that are scoring and other ones that are the biggest liability. But 
I think Harry Brooks nearly on 200. Yeah, he's sitting on uh, an unbeaten 184 at the moment. While you've been talking, BP, I actually just watched him scoop Daryl Mitchell for six. Uh, so it's it's a real delight to watch. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's um, yeah, it's quite staring, isn't it? He really is. The Zealand team's quite different, and they're, and they're smashing it everywhere. Um, a couple of other things I wanted to touch on, just around uh, the the other Super Rugby matches, and it was, where was it here that I had something here? Oh, it was around the Drua match. Now, the, the match here where we've seen just slight p- support around um, Moana Pacifica at $2.15, uh, so a little bit of money for them against the Drua. Uh, and the other option, that, oh, that's the two other New Zealand sides, the Blues and the Hurricanes. They, they are the two sides that really are taking the support in terms of head-to-head betting. Uh, that 147, 135 for both of those sides that are actually quite popular uh, throughout the week and still uh, currently as we talk. Sensational, mate. Appreciate it. Very interesting weekend ahead. It feels good, I must say, to be back kind of talking Super Rugby, knowing that there's a good few games ahead this weekend. Absolutely cannot wait. So you enjoy it, BP. Appreciate your time. Nice one. And before I know Greg O'Connor might be on tonight. But race seven at the Cambridge Harness, we've taken a lot of money from Billy Mont, runner number two. Two fifty into two dollars might be worth uh yes. dollars on that one a little bit later on tonight. Oh, nice. We've got Greg O'Connor up next, actually, uh, BP, so we can put that one to him. Thank you for your time as ever. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Please gamble responsibly. That is R18. Hold on to your seats. It's the run home with Kim and Beave. Yes, welcome back to The Run Home with Kim and Beave this Friday, the 24th of February. A reminder that it is Friday and therefore it is Beaver's best day, which Beaver's always absolutely fizzed for. And we do have a couple of beauties that have come in, actually. So we'll just go through a couple uh, before we talk to our mate Greg O'Connor. Beave, Mark here. Beaver's best Will Young to make a big splash on his return to the Black Caps as top run scorer in the first innings. Juicy odds of $7. Cheers. As good as any, isn't he? And uh, there's a few more here before we just from Kerry here. Beaver's best. It's a no-brainer. Chiefs twelve and under. On that note, let's go to Christchurch and uh, talk to Greg. I reckon because uh, that's a beautiful way. Yeah, absolutely. Greg O'Connor from Har- ha- for Harness Racing. Get amongst it at hrnz.co.nz. Greg, how are you going? Excellent, guys. Uh, looking forward to a very big weekend harness racing wise and obviously with Super Rugby kicking off and getting all the tips there from BP before, <laughs> should all be having a decent uh, crack at a few multis I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Speaking of BP's uh, tips, race 7 number 2 in Cambridge tonight uh, down to 2 bucks Jolly Mont, is it, uh, yeah. is it worth all of that 2 bucks? Well, on the box seat, our harness program this week, Michael Guerin made it his best bet of the week, and it was $2.50. Oof. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. We, we actually have a bet each week, uh, Michael and I, and another guy, uh, Graham Hand, and, and we're investing to get some money for the Breast Cancer Foundation. And uh, so far, we're up to about 4500 for them. Our goal is to get it to 10000 And uh, we started a multi last night on a horse called Kikarangi Blue into Jollamont tonight. So, um, yeah, we'll be pretty hopeful that uh, that we can get the result there again. It's a great cause, and it's just something we can do. Hopefully put our tips to the test, if you like, Beave, as we do each and every week, and, and um, yeah, get some more money for them. And obviously, talking about the big weekend, Cambridge tonight. 
grass grass underway at the moment in Cromwell Tour seat. Yeah, they've got a they've got a double header actually. Cromwell, uh, really nice track it is, big sweeping bend into the home straight, and they race today. You know the twilight meeting, and they go again uh, on Sunday. And we've got harness action at Ashburton tomorrow. It's actually their Cup day down there. I don't mind one either on an each way basis. Race seven, number two. Uh, Wheels of Fortune, trained by John Hay, opened up about $5.50, Beeb. I think that's your sort of odds. You've already mentioned Jollamont. And there's a, there's a really good horse in tonight called Advanced Party, race five, number two, $1.85. The Purden Phelan team, the combination with Zach Butcher that got the business done in the Harness Million last week, uh, with Merlin, Advanced Party, $1.85. I reckon it's almost a multi-lock. So in terms of being oh. best, I think Advanced Party might be the way to go. Last week, we got Holy Hecker home yes. at Addington Raceway. That was a good good result for us. It got out to about $3.80, B, but it was $3, so clearly people um, <laughs> thought they wanted to pop that one, but we got that right. And from a Kiwi Hunters perspective, we've got uh, Menangle tomorrow night. It's actually the heats for the Miracle Mile, the million-dollar race next week. We've got a couple of Kiwis flying the flag there. Alter Wise Guy and BD Joe, both drawn poorly. For New Zealand, not unusual for us to go over there and get poor draws. And uh, Krug is also over there. Also went round in the race by Drift yes. last year. So yes, um, looking forward to see them going around. Uh, it's been a big week in harness because we've had the sales week and the uh, the Stonewall Stud team who race Alter Wise Guy and BD Joe. They also have a horse called um, Kalua Flyby going round in the Group One. Uh, Mia's race, Philly's race uh, there tomorrow night too and she's about $2.40 so looking forward to seeing Kalua fly by, uh, hopefully continue on her winning way. So it's a big weekend for Harness, looking forward to getting into it and uh, Cambridge tonight, yeah I think Dolomont, most people have already got involved there so maybe the value's gone but I think it's a win. In terms of value then Greg, if you uh, had to pick one tip for Beaver for his, uh, Beaver's best consideration what would you be looking at? No, the dollar eighty-five about advanced party. Um, she's a really good filly. I'd, I'd be happy to have that. It's not not huge value, but no. Once you start moulding them up through, exactly. uh, through a few Super Rugby games, um, that's, yep. that's that's a pretty good price, I think. So a dollar eighty-five will do me. Oh, good shout, Greg. Lovely to chat as ever. Thank you so much for your time. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Flow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's The Run Home with Kim and Beeve. Couple minutes to five, and the bad news from the Basin Reserve is that Joe Root has joined Harry Brook in bringing up his century uh, as has Neil Wagner. In fact, one hundred one now unbeaten is Joe Root. A stand of two ninety four with Harry Brook on one hundred and eighty four. England three hundred and fifteen for three. The good news is uh, it's raining. The covers have have come on, Beef. So at least we don't have to uh, worry too much more about watching us getting uh, slightly punished through the next wee bit. You never know, maybe the rain break could be an absolute game changer. Hey, thank you so much for the texts as well that you are sending in. Brett here, getting in early this afternoon. Uh, this is for Beaver's Best, I think. Even the most parochial, eye-patched supporter would agree both teams to score 10-plus points in the first half, paying $2. Yeah, don't mind that, Brett. And... 
I've said a hundred percent that will happen. I'm a little bit worried. I've just got to get a weather update from Christchurch, but I do really like that one, Brett. I saw that power play a few days ago. I think it's a goodie. Um, the uh, another one in here, Ted. Back to a bit of racing tips. So you can always write these ones down too. Randwick Race Eight, Horse Twelve, Hinge Top. Uh, sorry, Hinge Top Four at two twenty up against the Champ. A great second up recent record. Loves Randwick and distance. Cheers, Ted. That is a beauty. Uh, Beaver's Best, now for a bit of rain. Crusaders, Chiefs, any forge first try scorer. I've seen that one too. And again, there's another one that I like the look of. Good afternoon. Up the Mulu Beaver, my lad. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. All the best, Steve O. Thanks for the message, Steve O. Great to hear you from you listening. And uh, some more. We'll carry on about Brody Retellick. I'm sure he was from South Waikato. PJ reckons no one's crying about the fact that he got poached. Well, I reckon you wouldn't mind them still. That's for sure. So much more coming up after 5 o'clock. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kim and Beeve. And welcome to the run home on SENZ this Friday, the 24th of February, with Kim and Beef, thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. A cracker couple of hours coming up on the show for your drive home this Friday. Here's what's coming up on our Macca's menu. We are talking all things super rugby very shortly and a little later some athletics as well with former New Zealand heptathlete Sarah Carly Ross. Then We've got a bit of cricket chat going on after six. And, of course, Beaver's best. Get your picks in. We've already seen some goodies uh, for our four-leg multi. Bound to be a couple of super options involved in there, I suspect, from Beave. So get in your picks because I feel like he's, uh, he's, he's, in the, he's in the zone today and he's possibly going to be choosing those ones early. We'll see how we go. That's what's coming up on our Macca's menu. Thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Now, if you've been keeping uh, keeping up with cricket updates from us as well on the show, I mentioned just before the break that there is a bit of rain around in Wellington now, so they have gone off. But one stat that has come up, Harry Brook, who has had just about the most superb start to a test career as one could imagine, uh, is sitting unbeaten on 184. It's actually now the highest test score for an English player in Wellington. Uh, and the highest, well, yeah, the highest full stop, the previous best was Derek Randall, who had 164, and that was back in 1984, just to give you an idea of exactly how well the English 
are going at the moment. Joe Root just before that rain delay as well, joining him uh, in making a century number test century number twenty nine, I believe, for Joe Root after a. Well, you can't really say a dry spell, but maybe by his standards it has been one. So looked absolutely delighted. Not great for the Kiwis, of course, but perhaps they can use uh, this wee break to regroup a wee bit. Uh, as I mentioned as well, thank you so much for the text that you are sending in. A couple more Beavers best here, Beave. Uh, Fulham v Wolves, draw paying $3.25. Yes. And Central that. Coast and the Phoenix, draw paying $4 from Mark. So... Yeah, and he's also got Nariki or low anytime try and 51 and a half points or plus 375. Uh, some nice little options there. Uh, Beaver's best multi dynastic place top three $2.10 into Nom de Plume to win. It's from Ed, two bucks. Um, and Hamish, yeah, he's talking about poaching McKenzie. He can't believe it either. Another one of these boys from South Waikato, but uh, a man—a man that I think, uh, well, he's a man that's been a almost, maybe is a victim of poaching. He certainly got around a few of the super teams. Oh, uh, one of our. This is what great happens friends. when we leave the intros to you, Beef. Well, no, I'm leaving it to you, but I just thought I'd, I'd say let's move on to uh, our next guest. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely delighted to have former All Black Peter Alatini join us now. Peter, thank you so much for your time. Apologies for the. Uh, the way Beavers just absolutely butchered your intro there. <laughs> I'm getting used to it, Kirst. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> oh, fair enough, mate. Now, got to ask, Friday night, some of the sense that I've got uh, through the week from some people that I've talked to is uh, a, a little bit of surprise, actually, that Super Rugby is starting tonight. But how are the, how are the excitement levels for you? Oh look, there's always excitement, I suppose, when um, when you when you know when you've been in the game and then kind of see it all come back again, and I suppose more so to see uh, as it's a big year, just where the boys, you know, the different boys are all placed, you know. Um, so so for us and um, especially for myself, it's just seeing the guys, especially with with our Moana boys, um, how much they learned from last year and how much are they going to put in for for this season going forward. You mentioned the Moana boys there, Peter. What would you like to see from them this year now that they've had a year under their belts to, to settle in a bit? Well, that's that's the thing. I think that's the, the key, as I said, their curses, their second year in. So for me, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see some growth. Um, take that, you know, they've got they're quite a settled base. Um, I think they've, they've got uh, more support staff around them. Um, so, so I'm really hoping that the boys really take this opportunity this year to kind of just stamp their market. But for, for some of these kids, especially that, that we've seen glimpses of brilliance in, it's just to, to grow another leg and, and really challenge themselves to, to really uh, put this team in, in, in a good stead and, and really challenge for wins this year. Well, I guess on the back of uh, Kev's question, then, this, this first round game is uh, an absolute beauty, isn't it? Moana playing Drua. <laughs> I mean, uh, if who's who's learnt the most? That's and that's you're right, Dave. And that's the biggest thing. I thought you know with the Drua team, I thought they got better and better um, game, and, and and so did mine in, in, in different spurts where they did um, come through with a couple of wins. So 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 it'd be really dependent on how much work they they all both put in um, during the off. 
and then actually what they're learning stuff from this preseason to really kind of hit the ground running um, in this first game. And it is it's really exciting for both teams. So so looking forward to it uh, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, mate. Obviously, Madrua. Oh, sorry, Moana. Obviously, a team that you got a bit of involvement with now. But the Landers, another one uh, close to your heart. You look at the team that they've named uh, for the game against the Blues, and, and obviously rank outsiders. But it's a it's a decent enough team they've named. Just I wonder they just can't afford to be dinged up during the year, can they? Because maybe the depth yep. compared to some of the other teams is, is where they're going to struggle. Totally, Dave. And, and I was talking to I was down down in Dunedin last weekend for a charity event and uh, caught up quickly with Brownie. And it is it's it's so important. This you know they have got a good crop there, but. Unfortunately, you know, at, at that level, um, if they get a couple down, that's going to be the real challenge for for Germany and, and his team around around how they do place those, you know, the, the replacements if any of those guys go uh, get injuries or, or, or not in, in form. So um, it's a huge one for Landers. You know, we've kind of been below par, I feel, over the last few yep. years. So so we're hoping really that they, that they do, um, you know, get back into that to that space where we know that they can. Uh, build some confidence and actually play the way that the Landers can. So, yeah, I'm excited for them. I just hope that they can really, um, you know, live up live up to it. You know, everyone everyone loves loves the Landers down south. So we, you know, really want to see hopefully some good some good results. Yeah, and when it comes to that as well, Peter, with the the Landers, Beef and I were talking earlier today actually about, I guess the like you've mentioned the, the depth of talent there. Mm. How important is it for them to? be putting out some good performances on the park to be drawing that talent to the team? Oh, man, that's everything, Kirst. Like, you know, when when you do, when when, when there's success uh, of the Landers go through, this, you know, there's definitely uh, more players and better players that actually do want to come down um, and, and they make it a place they want to be at. But I think also we just got to, I don't know. In my eyes, there's, there's there's a few where we I think we we missed the boat a bit with um, some players that are that are in other teams that I think they're good enough to be on the field that um, that our landers have had probably missed in recruiting. But in saying that, I mean you know you got this, the spirit of teams always there. We just got to build on and 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 build the culture which they have. But I'm saying to transfer it over to the field. I mean something that's going to be a massive subplot and. The year that is Rugby World Cup year, the um, the midfielders, it's uh, oh. it's it's going to get awfully congested. <laughs> I think. I mean, the, the chuckle says everything. Oh. We talked about right. we t- we talked pre-show who's who's got the most to prove as a midfielder, as in who's probably got to play the house down to get there. I mean, we've probably had about half a dozen midfielders at least in the last couple of years, but off the yep. top of my head, I'm only locking in maybe. Geordie, Rico, and ALB, is is that how you would see it? Yep. Would you lock in any more? Nah, not, absolutely right, Diva. I think, um, you know, from uh, the form and, and, and what we've seen, especially at Test Rugby, those guys are proven, you know, that they've shown enough uh, class in, in the Test and they've got enough experience. The rest, the rest is, is, is a dogfight. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a dog. Probably right one too. spot. <laughs> That's right to get to get the other spot, and 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 it's a beauty too, though, Beaver. I think all you need is as as a player. I suppose in the midfield, you get a good combination. Your team does well, and all of a sudden, you look good. If you, yeah. if I think about in in '99, we were midfielders. Probably me and Jelly 
Jeremy Stanley, we were outsiders, you know, didn't go camp or anything. But because our team went well and then we went well, all of a sudden you get a look in and, and, and you start to be on level par around everyone else. And, and, and that's the key for some of those that uh, unfortunately won't be, can't be picked individually. So it's, the team has got to go well for, you, for yourself to be put in in contention. Because that is a solid three that you've, you've mentioned. But, um, you know, anything can happen between now and World Cup, Beaver, yep. as you should know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tie in a couple of things here, Peter. As, as the midfielders will be keeping an eye on, one of them, of course, coming back now is Jack Goodhue, who'll be playing in this blockbuster uh, tonight with the Crusaders and Chiefs. How do you expect him to go, and, and how do you expect this match tonight will unfold? Uh, that's a that's a great one because um, you know before his injury, I thought uh, Good Hugh was in, I think he was quite settled and, and doing things accordingly um, in his game, and I think I do understand that him and Eno have a, have a good combination. So, so this 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 weekend we, we've seen enough from Good Hugh that he's a he's a great player to be able to perform at the high level as well. But you know you'll be up against it against these boys, and and, and these are the games that that you live up to and, and you want to play and. And so for me, it's it's just around. Um, and what I love about Good here when when he is on, he, he does. He's both like he can really distribute when when required. But if you give him half a gap, you actually take it. So he's he's, he's definitely one to look for. But it's gonna be, everyone's gonna be cutting in, in the midfield. I'm just glad I'm not a midfielder <laughs> in this kind of context at the moment, mate. Because uh, she's gonna be a toughie throughout the year. <laughs> That's all right. Beeb's glad he's not a number ten in this context as well. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> Having, having midfielders rely on you to play well to make them look good, jeepers! Uh, I, I, I guess before before we leave the midfield chat, the most talked about midfielder there is uh, RTS. I'm, I'm hearing, yep. I haven't seen it myself, but I'm hearing absolutely sublime form in a couple of these preseason games. Uh, and, and and let's be honest, P, I, I still maintain the fact that last year we were all waxing lyrical about his super form, and then. You know, then obviously all the naysayers came along, but he just didn't play rugby for six months, didn't he? So I'm fascinated to see how he goes again with another six-month solid footy. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited about uh, RTS, only, only because we've all seen his class, uh, Beaver. You know, he is a mm. class player, and he showed that in, in the, um, you know, in, the, in his uh, consistency and playing in, the, in one position and then building a combination with Rico. So I'm excited about how he's going to go this year. I think... Um, just the, the person he is, the true professional that he is and, and what we've seen in, in league. And it will take time, but I think he is good enough to be able to, to really put the pressure on, on, on others. But I think he'll, he'll, he'll be able to shine, you know, with Rico. And if, if they get it right, there'll be, a, there'll be a tough combination to play against, to be honest. And, mate, like, he's, he's kind of everything you want, right? With a bit of dancing speed, he's strong, he, you know? And, and for me, for me, it's just around his defence. Um, I know you can tackle it's just those reads and how yep. well both Pim and Rico work together to, to really shut down um, those, those, those midfield and, and also wingers and, and you know, those moves in the middle. Uh, it's kind of, it, it almost feels easy to forget at the moment, Peter, about the Aussie teams, uh, but they do exist, you know, out there. The Canes, <laughs> the Canes will play the Reds this weekend. Do any of these Aussie sides, do you think, have uh, a snowball's hope? Oh, look, we can't go past. I mean, there's always the Brumbies who are quite consistent in their performances. Uh, the Waratah showed glimpse, and, and so do the Reds under Thorn. But 
it's it's a tough read, and I suppose with Eddie Jones coming into the pitch on the top, uh, and, and knowing Eddie the way he is, there'll be a lot of pressure that he'll be applying on players to earn the right. You know, so nothing they've done in the past matters. It'll mm. be it'll be here going going forward that, that will. So I I won't be too surprised that these teams will be up for it, but. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't care. I just worry about it. And one a team. <laughs> yeah, entirely fair enough. If I had to put you on the <laughs> if I had to put you on the spot, Peter, which I don't have to, but I probably will. Uh, how do you see the teams, the New Zealand teams, and Moana being ranked come end of regular season? Who do you see kind of finishing in the in the top half? Uh, in the New Zealand teams, well, I can't go past. Uh, I think the Crusaders, Crusaders, and. and uh, and I say the Chiefs, I think for me, just around um, for New Zealand is in the top half. Mm. Um, and probably, uh, I'm going to just put my neck out there and say, come on, Moana. <laughs> I want to see you in the top half, boys. No pressure. Absolutely. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> they'll, um, you know, they'll be up, for, uh, up against it. But I think the, the two teams that I, I see just from, from just consistency and the way they played the last few years, it'll be I, I, I can't go past the Chiefs and, and with Damon McKenzie back too, mm. um, he'll he'll add some some leadership and guidance into the Chiefs side, which um, which will be awesome for uh, McMillan and his coaching group. Yeah, fair enough too, um, Peter. Thank you so very much for your time and for your insights. What's the plan for uh, the game viewing tonight? The game being tonight will just be at home, Kirst, and then uh, just chill out on the couch and, and just enjoy enjoy the start of uh, of a long campaign of rugby and starting with Super. So, so that that'll be me tonight. Oh, sounds absolutely perfect. I'm thinking a few saucy rolls myself, so you know, just if you want any dinner inspiration. <laughs> Peter Alatini there, absolute champion. Thank you so very much for your time. Very, very much appreciate it. Uh, Beave, interesting as well that he's also got the Crusaders Chiefs sitting at the top. I know I know those are your two teams as well that are kind of yep. right up there in terms of who you've got picked come end of season who will be the ones really gunning for the title. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I know... The Blues, if they keep their if they keep their team on the field, I think they'll be thereabouts too. Absolutely, they've got too many superstars not to not to. But um, yeah, I just think I'm big on picking a team that's going to win in June or whenever they decide mm. Super Rugby because I, I know it's just a different game from playing in daylight saving Februarys and March. You know, so I do I do get a feeling that those two teams with their forward packs and how they go about their business are tailor made to to be there when it's dewy cold and wet in the middle of winter of New Zealand. Yeah, and, you know, fingers crossed come that stage or the All Blacks won't be taken out for a rest, eh, babe? You don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it depends if they've, had, if they've had a break in five weeks. <laughs> I just, I just, hey, thank you so much for the messages that we've still got coming in because, remember, we are still doing Beaver's Best. I'll be picking that in about an hour, so plenty of time to get your tips in still. We'll read out some of those after the break. To your seats, it's The Run Home with Kim and Beave. It's 5.26 here on the run home. Still getting those Beavers' best texts in, which I am loving at the moment. Uh, another one from Mark. couple to consider for Beavers' best. Nareki Lowe, anytime try. 
uh, and 51 and a half total points paying $3.75, Beef. Yeah, I've seen that Nariki low one before. It's, uh, it is worth a nibble, I reckon. Um, a few more coming in too. A few more back on, uh, well, this is an interesting one I thought too, from Ken, Kim and Beef. These new rules will be great for the eight, like Hoskins, and maybe it's why Jacobson at eight and Gus at six. What you think, Beaver? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if the rules are playing playing any any addition to that or what have you. But uh, yeah, I am fascinated by that loose four trio mixed with the Chiefs. I think Hoskins is always going to be eight for the Blues, but the fact that the Chiefs have potentially probably switched around the two that you would have thought would have been playing in different jerseys. Interesting to see how that goes. Um, and uh, we uh, seems what we've got a caller coming in from the the, uh, the coast, or is it just Auckland City? Ed? You there, Ed? Yeah. How are you, mate? Was it you, Beaver? Yeah. Well, what Please. time do you think? Well, I'm just what? in the pub at the thoroughbred pub in Takanini here in Auckland, ah. and I was listening to your show. Yes. And, um, bro, I played with um, Steve Lancaster from the Crusaders. Did you? Yeah, man. He actually uh, got, um, he came down to the East Coast and old Bailey Mackey went and um, grabbed yes. him to put his boots on and play for East Coast. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Bro he, bro, he went hard, man. He went hard. He got, he got a black eye. Because when I looked at him after the game, we were having a few beers, and I, I shook his hand, I said, bro, when did you play for the coast? And he goes, oh, 2021. I said, what? And he goes, oh, no, uh, Bailey Mackey told me to put my boots on. I have a run. I said, Brandon, who did you used to play for? The Crusaders. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant, Ed. Enjoy, oh, enjoy, enjoy your Friday night <laughs> in the thoroughbred too down in Takanini. Sounds like it's a great night already. I suspect a few more texts in as well in regards to the, uh, gosh, I tell you what, the Crusaders uh, as poachers has wound up a few people, hasn't it, Beef? Uh, Daggy had one year at the Landers, then bang, Crusaders on the phone, says Mark. Yeah, real shame there. I thought Izzy was going to be a great, one of those great Landers of yesteryear, you know, that went down there from outside the district, you know, next Mark Ellis almost, but uh, unfortunately, only lasted a year down there. Holy cow, we may have poached as equivalent to, I tried it at a party, but I never nailed, <laughs> was the other text there. And the goat number 10, born and bred in Canterbury. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is that Colin Slade? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Which, which, which ones are we referencing? Were you, Beef, were you, I didn't realise you were from Canterbury. No, no, no. So, so, I don't think they're alluding to me. Oh, um, what? I'm trying to think. You were the okay. goat's uh, backup, weren't you? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh wonderful. Backup dancer. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful injection of humour from my man Jacob <laughs> uh, through my ears. <laughs> and what I never know if it's going to. Never know if it's going to air or not. No, that, but, was uh, that was, that was on, on air too. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Anything for some cheap gags from the <laughs> listeners from you, Jake. Just a cheap shot, wasn't it? I'm afraid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That was a low blow. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I could imagine you would have. <laughs> I could imagine you would have. <laughs> oh, Beeb's been stunned into silence. Get that, a nerve. That's all right. We'll, we'll let him gather himself for a uh, comeback at Jacob. Let's go to Johnny Mac with the news. By organization. We're 
for Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years. It's time for Razine's most colourful sporting moment of the week. You might, you might, if you follow on social media, Giannis Antetokounmpo recognise his dulcet tones there while he was front and centre watching the NBA All-Star Dunk Contest. Mac McClung was the guy who inspired that reaction after he won that contest and what was otherwise, I'm going to call it a uh, fairly underwhelming all-Star Weekend, to be perfectly frank, Beave uh, McClung, not least of all, you, you probably haven't heard the name Mac McClung before because he's normally back in the G League. Uh, it's not quite the competition that it once was in terms of who partakes in the dunk contest. However, he put up a pretty decent effort. Although I must say, yeah, the All-Star game doesn't really do it for me anymore, Beave. No, it used to be sort of must-watch, didn't it? Mm. Oh, I mentioned the other day... <laughs> Why have we got rid of the East-West? I know the whole superstar story aspect to it, but East-West was a bit more pure, a bit more, you know, hearty, I would have thought. And you talk about the uh, Sam Dunk comp. Everyone used to do it, didn't they? Mm. The MJs of the world and all the rest of it. Everyone was in on it. Yeah. Uh, but now if you're, if you're getting people like that, Kevin, can you talk me through, I know we had that aspect of the Razine most colourful sporting moment of the week, but there was an honourable mention, which uh, certainly pricked my interest. Yeah, and just while we're quickly on basketball, the other one I heard mentioned, by the way, in, in terms of an idea, sorry, I just wanted to put it out there into the world. Yeah, uh, for For All-Star Weekend was maybe rather than the current situation, they do a kind of a USA v the rest of the world as an option mm. in terms of yeah. the matchups, especially when you've got guys um, like Luka Doncic and, and Nikola Jokic and those sorts of guys in there. It just might prove for some pretty compelling viewing. But yes, we also had an honourable mention for our Razine Colourful Sporting Moment uh, this week. And this is, honestly, quite the stat. I actually think this might have come, correct me if I'm uh, mistaken, Jacob or Kieran, but I think it's come from our mate Mitchell McLennigan, uh, who sent this one correct. through. So how is this for... I don't know if we call it a coincidence. I don't call it, know if we call it fate in cricket. But in 2003, 20 years ago, South African Makaya Ntini dismissed Shivnarayan Chanderpaul twice in a test. In 2023, Makaya's son Thando dismissed Shivnarayan's son twice in a tour game. What are the chances? It's beautiful, isn't it? Makaya Ntini, of course, of... Uh run 10Ks before a day's cricket fame. That is the ridiculous. Great, the great South African bowler. That's an interesting, another interesting stat for you, Kim. Well, it's not um, so much a stat as a fact, but yeah. He used to literally run back to his mark. Never stopped running, that guy. I just... And boy, he could bowl. Him yeah. What a combination they were. Yes. He had, a, he had a bit more zip to him than Pollock, but Pollock was just always at you. Very Glenn McGrath-like. Well, I haven't seen his son... Play, no, but it sounds like he'll be one to keep an eye on uh, in the coming years as well, if the stats anything to go by. So there you go. There's your honourable mention for the Razine Colourful Sporting Moment of the Week. A well-deserved one as well from Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years.
5.42 p.m. here on the run home this Friday, the 24th of February. Thanks so much for being with us. Time now to talk a bit of athletics because there's a few a few moving pieces going on here, actually, and I'm delighted to have Sarah Kelly Ross, former New Zealand heptathlete, athlete advocate, writer, honestly, great person as well, so does it all, does Sarah. Uh, joining us now to talk about what's happening on the scene at the moment, Sarah, how are you? Oh, it's great to hear from you and uh, what a lovely introduction. Bless you, my friend. Well, only only because you deserve it and uh, because you are just across so much, which for our purposes, frankly, Sarah, is fantastic because there's been so much going on in the world of <laughs> athletics of late and it's great to have someone like you to be able to update us. Can we talk first uh, about the Mori plant meet in Melbourne last night? A few Kiwis on show, but I think the the headline grabbers, so to speak, uh, as ever, the 100-metre sprinters, Eddie Osain-Kitia and Tian Welpton. Eddie coming in second, Tian in third. Does this... Gosh, I, I I don't know. For me, I just can't help but feel that this just really emphasises what, what a loss to athletics Eddie is going to be when he goes off to, to the States. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, Kim. Eddie is such a talent, and he's a racer. So you see him step up at these big meets, and last night was certainly no exception in Melbourne. It was unfavourable conditions, sprinting conditions, I would say. The race was held at 9pm. There was a headwind 1.7, which, you know, a big guy like Eddie, you know, really feels. But um, I, I I watched the race live and uh, on a streaming. I wasn't supposed to stay up late, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> and I thought he was actually going to come through and beat Browning. Uh, but, yeah, it is a huge loss to athletics. He's, he's a bit of a character, Eddie, uh, but he's certainly done a lot for the sport in the last few years. And, uh, it would be wonderful to see him return one day, but uh, that's, that, that chapter in Eddie's life is still to be written. But it was a great showdown between him and Tian, Eddie getting the upper hand. Like I said, uh, Eddie is a competitor. He steps up when it, when it needs to be, um, when the moment comes. Mm. He's a showman, all these 100-metre sprinters <laughs> are. Um, but we look forward to uh, seeing what Tian can do without Eddie. Uh, next week, but there were some other great Kiwi performances last night in Melbourne too. Yeah, we'll get on to those in, in just a second because I think one thing you touched on there as well is that, like you say, it is such a character and sport needs those because that's what people love about it. So it just it adds to that shame for me. And, and you mentioned as well we can now see though what Tiana's going to do when he's almost not in in that shadow, uh, so to speak. What From what you've seen of him, what do you think Tiana's capable of? Oh, Tian is an unbelievable talent. Like, to have these actually quite, um, you know, once in a generation type talents at the same time, so two of them going yeah. at each other, um, you know, it, it would be so amazing to see um, to see them both at higher honours at the Olympics next year together. That's not going to be the case for Eddie, but there's no reason why Tian is not capable of running the current qualifying standards. Uh, his best legal best is 10.18. He needs about 10.05 to mm. go to the Olympics. Uh, but from what I understand is that there's no reason why uh, Tian could not run sub-10 in the future. He wow. is that good. Sarah, obviously talking about uh, qualification for Olympics and bigger events. Uh, we had a 1-2 finish in the 800 metres and uh, my, uh, my research tells me not far off 
automatic uh, standard for, for the world champs. Uh, tell us about these two uh, two athletes. Yeah, you're right. James Preston and Brad Mattis went head-to-head last night. Could have been either one of them. Preston got the got the honours on the line last night, 145.85 over 800. And, and, and you throw out a time like that, and then you consider that that's two laps of an athletic track. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. so fast. <laughs> like, that is crazy. Uh, and Brad Mattis, he was second last night, but he ran a personal best, 146.00, just so close to going under one the 146 barrier. But in terms of, you know, making the A standard, that will be their target for them. Uh, this is an exceptionally uh, hard event in terms of the depth of the event. Mm. So they don't necessarily want to rely on these two pathways to the World Championships this, this year, either by doing the automatic standard or by being high enough on the world athletics ranking points. Uh, so that performance last night in, the, in terms of the time, but also in terms of the calibre of the meeting, it was a world athletics gold meet. So that gives them like bonus points. So it's very, very good news for those two gents to run so fast at that level last night. And, you know, Preston and Mathis had breakthrough years last year. Unfortunately, they ran fast outside of the Commonwealth Games qualifying period. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> but Preston last year, he moved to third all time uh, in the 800 metres in New Zealand, you know, behind Snell and Walker. So th- this, is the, this is the level that these guys are at, and it's exciting. That is incredibly exciting and also exciting when we look at the female sprinters as well because we had this Christchurch meet uh, just recently as well, the 200 metres and the Rosie Elliott-Georgia Hull finish. Uh, So both of them went under the national record. Rosie Elliott winning though in the end. You add that to, you know, Zoe Hobbs, uh, who, who we see in the 100. How strong is the female sprinting talent in New Zealand at the moment compared to what you've seen in previous years? Well, it's so exciting because at the moment we have, you know, obviously Zoe, uh, she's the national record holder in the 100, 11.08. Then we have Rosie Elliott, who set, like you said, Kim, uh, the New Zealand national record in the 200 at 22 seconds, 0.81. Again, if you could run that for 100 metres, you know, probably the average Joe Brogs would be pretty stoked with that. Um, And then... Rosie is actually knocking on the door of the 400-metre record as well. And she said to me last weekend in Christchurch, I was there at the meeting, she's run 52.16 for the 400, but she's chasing um, a mid-51, which would be a, which would break Kim Robinson's long-standing 400 metres. So you talk about the talent that we've got right now. This is the best New Zealand has ever seen. So uh, I would love to see them all combine in a relay of some sort, a 4 by 100 metre or a 4 by 400 We've got great depth there. Um, but it really shows the likes of Zoe's success over the last few years has elevated women's sprinting. And, and there's a whole crop behind uh, Georgia Hulls and, and Rosie Elliott as well. And uh, it's, it's so awesome to see. Yeah, it is, it is such exciting times and I feel like almost every other week at the moment you're kind of, you know, you're looking at results and going, oh, great, new record, new record. And that actually goes for the field as well because Connor Bell also broke his own national record in the discus recently. I mean, this he's, he's 21 years old. How good is he going to be? Yeah, he's 
Oh, he's he's very exciting, actually. Now, the guy he bet in Geelong in, the night before um, the Melbourne meet on Thursday, so on Wednesday night, uh, he added another nine centimetres to her, his record. It's thrown 66.23. Uh, I love that he bet Matt Denny, who's the Aussie, mm. got fourth at Tokyo. Um, because they really set this meeting up with good prize money in that event, and Connor Val just said, "Thanks for coming. I'll take that." And the New Zealand record, um, you know, increased the national record too. He's he's a very uh, talented young man. If I think that you know those youth sort of world juniors, uh, youth Olympic events had have uh, been able to run in the pa- without the pandemic, mm. because all those sort of pre elite competitions were cancelled. I think you would have seen uh, Connor Bell be a World Junior Discus champion in, the, in that time. But he's definitely one to watch for. Uh, he's got a great coach in Mike Schofield and a good team around him. So, yeah, one to watch. Certainly one to watch. And what about next week as far as ones to watch go? It's the Nationals next week. Uh, the big names, they're all going to be in attendance. They are actually. Uh, so we've got a, we've got the first time Jacko Gill will step into the shot put circle, and I can tell you Tom Walsh is itching to have a go at him. Uh, so we'll see those two boys uh, battle it out, which is always great. And we'll also see the return of Hamish Kerr. Now he's fresh mm. off a uh, national record in the high jump, two meters thirty four in Slovakia. Add uh, it to the list, the week Sarah. Before last. Now, yeah, exactly. Now, go and measure that, actually, Kim. Oh, I, I can't reach that end. high. <laughs> Sorry, yes, you can't. But <laughs> neither can I. Uh, so that, that, that's phenomenal. Uh, Hamish, we'll look forward to seeing him. He loves the uh, Wellington apron, um, as we call it, high jumpers. So um, lots, of, lots of things to watch. Tory Peters in the javelin and um, some really good showdowns as well in the, in the junior and senior sprints. Yeah, that will be exciting to watch. And I, when you mention Hamish Kerr, of course, I think most people would recollect as well uh, his performance at the Com Games and also his performance at the Olympics in Tokyo, to be fair. And I, I mean, I take my hat off to anyone who can do that sport as someone who's never been capable of jumping uh, probably half a <laughs> metre, let alone, you know, 2.34. It is just it is just phenomenal. Sarah Kelly-Ross there, thank you so very much for your time, uh, for your insight. Just really, really appreciate putting all of that into perspective for us. Enjoy Nationals next week as well. I think it's going to be uh, a cracker of an event to watch. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, lots of sport on, lots of sport on next week too, so I can't wait. And definitely, Kim, uh, I've got you for way over 50 centimetres. We could easily get you over a metre, no problem. <laughs> I was going to say maybe 55, you'd be lucky. Sarah Cowley Ross uh, joining us now. Thank you as well. We'll keep those texts coming in for Beaver's Best. We'll get to a few more of those after the break. The Run Home with Kim and Beav. Couple of minutes to six on the run home on SENZ. Another text in here. I think this is for Beaver's Best from Hamish. The Force uh, win by 10. Now they're playing the Rebels. Uh, oh gosh, midnight. Midnight Sunday. So pop that in your list, Beaver. And I also just wanted to update you before we head to the news as well. Uh, on one, Lydia Ko. So she's playing her second tournament of the year in Thailand at the moment. Uh, she had a good round yesterday. She was four under. Uh, s- round today. Do you want to know what she is, Beef? It is good. I promise you. Six under through 13. 
today. So she had a four under 68 in round one. She's six under so far for the day uh, in round two. 13 holes in, six birdies. That is sensational. This is, of course, off the back as well of her winning uh, in Saudi Arabia. So we'll be keeping a close eye on her because she has been in some phenomenal form uh, last year as well. Of course, she was just outstanding and it seems like she is going to just keep on keeping on. So we'll uh, keep you appraised of her progress through the evening. Remember to keep those texts coming in. We've got maybe half an hour, I reckon, before Beaver chooses his Beaver's best option. Simon, looking at your one here, Beaver's best. Race 5 in Cambridge, number 2 advance party. Looks a special at 185. I'm sure he'll be adding that one to the list. We'll be back with much more after this. And welcome to the run home on ECNZ this Friday, the 24th of February, with Kim and Beef. Thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone, stability meets the freedom to move. Coming up on our Macca's menu, we have all the headlines that you need for your sporting fix this hour. We are also going to be choosing Beaver's best. So if you have not got your picks in for our four-leg multi, do get them in now. And our Makita Caller of the Week giveaway. Uh, We've had a few, even on today's show, Beaver, we've had a couple of goodies. So... Might be a little a tough one, but a $250 Makita voucher coming some lucky caller's way. That is on our Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. And now while Johnny Mac was reading the news uh, and I was multitasking, babe, as I want to do, uh, listening yes. to him and also checking my emails, and one has dropped actually from New Zealand Rugby. The All Blacks 15 said to play two matches in Japan against the Japan 15 in Tokyo and the Brave Blossoms uh, in Kumamoto in July. Uh, what what do we expect to get out of something like that? It just strikes me as a little bit random when all eyes are going to be firmly placed on the All Blacks at this stage a couple of months out from a World Cup. Well, it may be a case of more for Japan than us. True. But, but I guess it's another... It's just another opportunity to give guys just outside of that all-black environment mm. um, the opportunity to play a bit of international footy. Obviously not the greatest international footy. It's, it won't be a, a glamorous tour compared to what they've been on previously this year. But again, it's an opportunity. You can't imagine... I'd imagine the all-blacks are going to pick a pretty big squad for the home stuff. Mm. And then surely they'll be able to narrow that down to a World Cup team. I can't imagine there'll be anyone that's 
goes to Tokyo and beats up on the um, Japanese 15, forcing their way into the All Black World Cup squad. But it mm. may be just another chance to develop guys. And I guess you've got to look forward. You can't just be, obviously, next this year is all about the World Cup. Mm. But I guess there'll be guys that, again, they pick to go on that, like they did this year, who have shown enough um, domestically that, hey, maybe in a year or two they'll be an All Black. So mm. let's start getting a little bit more footy at them and a little bit more experience. But I would imagine Japan is using it as a wonderful way to get a little bit of game time themselves mm. before the World Cup. Yeah, very much so. And uh, has the team name of All Blacks 15, is that, has that settled with you now? Are, you, are we on board with it? No. <laughs> but uh, there's, a few, there's a few names around that I, I don't quite buy into, but I would only thought there was only one All Blacks team. But... Uh, who was I to know that there's probably about five um, in this country? So there you go. <laughs> Who would know? Could have gone for one of the others, Beef. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, while we're on the All Blacks note, though, of course, one topic that has been uh, talked about at length has been the coaching situation. That uh, that's that's a conversation that won't be going anywhere any time soon, I would suggest. But there was some interesting discussion actually on Smithy's show earlier in the day about it on his panel uh, with Guy Havelch. Have a listen. Guy, I asked uh, John Hart, we had him on, principally about the New Zealand Golf Open, of course, which starts next week, but I asked him right at the very end, I said, um, <clears throat> how, how do you think that uh, the, uh, the Ian Foster saga um, has been handled? He had a one-sentence answer. He said, I think it's been handled very poorly by the media, and I hope it's resolved soon. What do you make of that? Very interesting comment. I, I don't quite know... Um, what the media's done wrong in all of this. Um, uh, we've got people talking left, right and centre. I, I think who it's, been handled, hand, who, who it's been handled poorly by is New Zealand rugby. Um, they are the only ones at the moment who are sitting back and doing absolutely nothing. Well, in, in terms of the public eye anyway, um, behind the scenes they might be. But they, they, there's, there are rumours all over the place. Um, there are people talking, you know, Ian Foster, it's got to the point so much that he felt he had to come out and say what he said. Um, if that's the media's fault that, that it's getting to this point, um, then I, I, yeah, I cannot agree with that. And obviously, I would probably say that because I am in the media, but how can it not be, can it not be New Zealand rugby's fault at where this is all at? We've got a, a head coach of the All Blacks who doesn't know what the hell he's going to be doing um, in a few months' time. He doesn't know if he'll be the coach or not. He's probably starting to question whether he'll still be the coach at the World Cup. Um, you know, and then we've got a guy who is supposedly the front runner to be the next All Blacks coach who has come out as, and said what he said. Um, and meanwhile, we've still got New Zealand rugby who we're told uh, had a board meeting, or they, they definitely did have a, have a board meeting in the last day or two. They're still yet to come out and say anything about what even happened there. They're yet to comment on this situation. And in the meantime, we've got everyone talking um, whether these, you know, whether what people are saying is, is true or, you know, you hear everything is what I'm trying to say. There are so many rumours because New Zealand rugby is just not doing anything to put any of this to bed. They need to hurry up, make a decision, at least make some comments um, and, and put some solidity in place around what is happening with this situation. Otherwise, it's just going to get messier and messier and messier throughout Super Rugby all the way into when the All Blacks play their first test, and that cannot afford to happen in a World Cup. I, this is the first time I have felt sorry for Ian Foster throughout this whole thing. Imagine sitting there 
oh, for anyone listening to this right now, imagine sitting there and you are going to your job not wondering, or sorry, wondering if your employer is going to back you or keep you on for the next few months. That is not a nice place for anyone to be in. And if they are not coming out and giving you any solidity either way, that's an even worse place to be in. So I just think it's been handled atrociously by New Zealand rugby so far. Yeah, some pretty strong words there from my fellow TVNZ sport reporter, Guy Havelt. And I must say, I I mean, I do agree, Beef, and I would add to it that... Well, he said this is the first time he's felt sorry for Ian Foster. I would say it's the second time I've felt sorry for him. The first one was actually uh, in Joburg when that entire shambolic press conference situation with Mark Robinson up in the early hours in South Africa was going on. Uh, I would also add it was an interesting take, I thought, from John Hart there suggesting that the media is... I don't know if I want to say at fault, it probably wasn't that strong, but but has that sort of play in it. I mean, it's the media never forced Scott Robertson to say what he did. The media didn't force Ian Foster to come out and defend himself in the way that they did. But these guys, I think you have to recognise as well, are really smart players in all of this, and they have their own reasons for wanting to talk and get their messages out there uh, and I mean it, it is a mess like I mean we, we've talked about it at length um, I know that I just yeah it's a mess yeah I mean I, I don't know if I feel sorry for anyone in all of us I think there's some pretty dumb administrating going on mm. but I, I don't know if I, I don't know if my heart's bleeding for anyone no like, uh, no that's fair the, I mean I, if you can't do your job with speculation around you or with criticism, then go get another job because, unfortunately, when you're involved with the All Blacks or that, that level of sport, then um, there's going to be opinion. And, and Fozzie knows that. Mm. Um, and, and, and Razor knows that. And if anyone's not doing anything to look after their own backyard here, uh, we're all kidding ourselves. So... This is just, I mean, people people don't think politics and sports mix. Um, this is politics absolutely at its best here at the moment. Um, the the one that the interesting one for me is how involved does Razor really need to get now with Super Rugby starting? Because if he takes his eye off doing a great job here, then if it's not decided, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he's already signed a contract because of what happened a few weeks ago. And, and him coming out and what have you, where he thought there's a decision imminent. Mm. Well, he's only saying that because he's may have put, already put pen to paper. Who knows? And, and Fozzie's only coming out and, and doing what he's doing, maybe because he knows he's already gone. So, uh, I, uh, it is, I'm almost, well, I'm not almost. I'm almost, oh, no, I'm not almost. I'm sick of it already. <laughs> uh, stop using the word almost, Stephen. Uh, I am sick of it. Um, I just, well, I couldn't care either way. I think, I honestly think the best thing is they come out and name it, but it wouldn't worry me either way. But if they named it, I think it would actually, and I said it a million times, I actually think it would help Foster get his job done this year, which is to win the World Cup. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know where they go to from here. If anything, I think as well that this whole situation speaks to a real lack of trust in the administration from both parties. If there's one thing that Foster and Robertson 
would probably agree on right now, it would be that. And I also do think, though, that NZR probably have a bit to thank them for, for making the public talk rugby in a week in which Super Rugby is starting, and I don't think they've done a crash-hot job, to be perfectly honest, of promoting the competition starting themselves. Um, And now, there was some misfortune at play there, to be fair. They had planned a big launch for it, which then... uh, got stopped by weather conditions and they couldn't get players up to Auckland and things like that. So fair play in that regard can't help that circumstances are what they are. But, uh, you know, if you're going to take silver linings from things, Beeve, it's that all of this chat has put the focus firmly back on rugby and that's probably a good thing when it comes to eyes on the Super Rugby product going into such a big year. So, hey, take it. And the other rugby thing I wanted, rugby story I wanted to touch on is as well, uh, of course, is that Opiki is starting this weekend. Now, the second full season in quotation marks, first full season really after last year's was uh, COVID ravaged. Five weeks, which is not long, uh, the players would desperately love more. Uh, we have also seen some players already signing on to go and play uh, in Super W over in Australia afterwards because there is just rugby to be played. However, we will make the most of, of this competition as it stands currently. Uh, a big couple of games starting up tomorrow. Hurricanes Poa v Chiefs Manawa is the opener there. Now the Chiefs, still heavy favourites, although I actually think they are the team that is hardest done by in the wake of the World Cup, in the sense that in the year leading into the World Cup, they had Portia Woodman, uh, they had Kelly Brazier, they had Stacey Fluler, they had Teresa Fitzpatrick, all of these sevens superstars who made the transition over to 15s so smoothly uh, and were incredible parts of that Black Ferns team now going back on the seventh circuit. They're all off to Vancouver today. Uh, and it's tr- it's stripped of that Chiefs side of quite a few players. But they are still Chiefs Manawa heavy favourites against Poa Matatu. And the Blues uh, also play tomorrow afternoon. Blues women are favourites there over Matatu as well. So got to make sure, I think, to enjoy that competition because it's only a very brief time. Fingers crossed this is the last time we'll be talking about it as such a uh, a short comp. Fingers crossed when it comes to next year, there might be either a trans-Tasman option or at the very least an extended competition for those women because there is a groundswell of support at the moment uh, for women's sport, for women's rugby and you just absolutely hate to see it wither away uh, because there aren't enough opportunities to see these incredible players actually playing. Just my uh, my two cents. And hey, on the cricket as well, play has abandoned, uh, been abandoned down in Wellington at Basin Reserve because of the rain. Harry Brook has been interviewed in the post-match. Some interesting comments here. He's just saying, usual mindset, plenty of time, put the pressure on the bowler and be as positive as possible. I was trying to move around in the crease. The more positive you are, the more you get away with it. Basball? Anyone? If I'd been half-hearted, I might have been caught. A bit in the pitch, tried to negate that. Uh, Joe Roach was more excited about me getting my 100 than I was. 
uh, favourite shot was hitting Matt Henry back over his head. Oh, come on. Uh, we were the perfect partnership. He struggled early on, but later was the Joe Root we all know. I've never got a 200 before. It's only the first day of a five-day test, so there'll be no declaration. Uh, just carry on batting, carry on the momentum in the next few days. That was Harry Brook, who is unbeaten on 184 at the moment as the start, uh, as his start to his test career just gets better and better and better. England 315 for three with play now abandoned for the day. Don't love that situation for us, Beef. to be honest. No, Craig's had a good take on it. A uh, text in from Craig. England should declare during this rain delay. They could wrap up the game by tomorrow. Uh, come on, Craig. Let's, let's stay positive. The rear guard's about to happen. Uh, plenty more texts coming in for Beaver's Best, which I love because it's going to be a tough one to work out tonight. Uh, I've got plenty plenty of legs on my own. Uh, evening, guys. Just my 10 cents for Beaver's Best. My horse is racing at Matamata tomorrow, race 9. His name is Lightning Field and is a good plants place chance. Currently paying 360 for top three, which is decent value and would be a great boost for for a multi. Yes, it would be. Jordan, thank you very much for that, listeners. We uh, we love these horse horse option. Um, another one in here. My best for the weekend is a Kiwi horse taking it to the Aussies. Rochin Rockin' Horse in race nine at Sandown tomorrow. Uh, I like it to win, but we'll load up on top four at 420. Jason, geez, what's it paying for a win if top four is at 420? We'll have to have a look at that, Jason. That would... Send Beaver's Best through the absolute roof. Uh, Zade's got a Beaver's Best in here. Uh, Richie Moanga or Damien McKenzie. Of course, the, the big clash tonight in the 10 shoes. Mm-hmm. Isn't it mouth-watering? Anytime try score boosted at 250. I don't mind that either, Zade, looking at that. And, uh, and here's an interesting one from Mark. Hey, guys, are you up for the challenge? Join SNZ Afternoons League in NCNZ Tipping. Well, I'm always up for a challenge, Mark. I don't... I'll have to investigate what staff is running there. Um, and uh, interesting one here from Cookie. Cookie's always got some good good takes on the world. Uh, Beaver, need to call your show for oh, run home why? with Beaver and Beef. Uh, got to be a piss take, eh? Cursed. Three hours last night and she's done. And uh, Blackadder and Kane going at each other tonight. Do you know will be juicy? Watch it. Oh, mate, you know it's going to be juicy. It's a, it's a wonderful... There's matchups all over the place. And, you know, I'm not suggesting Kane's under any pump at all, but there's going to be so many guys probably every week, squad member of the All Blacks, sort of 19 to 20, who'll be going up against each other and uh, all just going hammering and tongs because when you're playing the New Zealand teams in a World Cup year especially, you sort of feel that you're putting your uh, application forward every single weekend. So uh, can't wait. We've got matchups galore tonight just to kick us off. Yeah, will be sensational. A few more texts in on a couple of other topics as well. Looking forward to getting to those in terms, of including uh, some coaching chat and women's super rugby and who's going to watch. Let's discuss after the break. 6.26pm here on the run home. Hope you are enjoying your evening wherever you are. Uh, a few more texts in here as well, Beave, and some interesting ones as well. One just says players live a lot more tenuously than the coaches do. Now that's in regards, of course, to the All Blacks coaching situation and the uh, current issues around people in the job and people who are most likely just going to be in the job in future. Uh, yeah, players do live... I guess, more tenuously when it comes to 
the All Blacks in particular, Beef? Uh, yeah, yeah. Take that. Uh, yeah. Mark, Mark, though, is with you. Sick and tired of the coach chat. I'm supporting the current coach and I'll support the coach going forward after Rugby World Cup 23. Mark, I, I, I don't think you're alone there. I really no. don't. I think a lot of people would just love it. And in a year like this one, when it's, you know, World Cup, we all want to see the All Blacks go out there and do well and bring this thing home. It's, yeah, it, it is frustrating, I think, for a lot of people that so much of it is getting mired uh, in this current mess. Yes. And and to be fair, it's not the be on end all. Like our, our superstars of uh, Richie Moangas and Bodie Barris of the world, you know, the, the Sam Whitelocks, they're the ones that we need to be pumping up and talking about as opposed to, you know, some sort of political carry-on going on in the background mm. with an organisation trying to work, trying to, I guess, go a little bit blind at times. And I guess that is the beauty, with, at least with Super Rugby starting tonight. Hey, we'll be yep. talking actual rugby. Yes. You know that game that we all love? We'll get to talk Those about guys. that. That'll exactly. be nice. It will be very nice. <laughs> the players, the players we love to watch and analyse and discuss. It'll be fantastic. Uh, another one that I wanted to touch on as well is this t- text from Chris. Who's going to watch Women's Super Rugby? By the way, the media goes on. It'll be a sellout every game. They're on a journey. Now, I don't think anyone's suggesting that they're going to sell out every game. That's just not realistic. They are, however on a journey, and I see your point there, Chris, but the thing is, when it comes to this journey, there are moments in time, I think, in the rise of, say, a sporting team, where or sporting team or sport itself, when you have to take advantage of those moments in time. I think the World Cup was one of them, and I'm, I'm yet to be convinced that the goodwill and interest that was generated from that World Cup has been properly used in order to move the game forward at this stage. I may be mistaken. I may be proven wrong. It might be a matter of I'm being impatient, um, which I think a few people would potentially argue. You know, you've got to be patient. You've got to build these things. They've got to be done. a little bit more slowly, but I also just think that women have been waiting so long to have their moment in the sun when it comes to the sport uh, that to say that is also somewhat frustrating. But I do hope that there is a reasonable audience for Super Rugby Opiki this year. I hope that the teams have been given the time, and this is another issue entirely, uh, given the time to enable them to actually perform to the best of their abilities and put out a good product on the field because that is another one of those things that comes into such a short season and such a short contracted period is that their pre-season is also really short and their training is also shortened and then that means, well, we see whether that means they actually aren't performing necessarily at the best of their ability simply because they haven't had the opportunity and the preparation to be able to. So it'll be a really interesting season to watch, whichever way it goes. Fingers crossed uh, a few people can get behind the women because I think they've shown in the last year they certainly deserve it. NBL final series starting next month on SENZ.
It's 6.33pm here on The Run Home with Kim and Beeve, and you'd better believe it is that time. The time you've all been waiting for, certainly the time Beeve has been waiting for and working for as well, Beeve. So I'll, uh, I'll hand the reins over. Oh, well, thank you, uh, Kim Downs, One News. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sorry. No, no, no. Before I hand the reins over, here's Stephen Donald with more. Beautifully said, too. Jeez. Jeez, that's made my day, week, possibly my year. It's going to take a lot of topping. I know it's only February. Uh, now, it's a uh, it's a great honour to actually give the Beaver's Best golden ticket this week. And it is a golden ticket. We've got to always think positively. I think the Black Caps can turn day one around too. Um, to Hamish. Now, Hamish. Hamish from Matara. So, Matara is obviously the wonderful little town that gave us None other than two all-black halfbacks I can think of from the top of my head. Who? Uh, well, the two lookalikes, really. And, and neither of them will like me saying that. But, uh, <laughs> but Marshy and Jimmy Cow, uh, both Matara boys. Is that just I've, because of the, the blonde kind of frosting vibe? Yeah. Well, no, I think Jimmy's natural, actually. Oh. Um, and then it, it goes even deeper. I think both. I think the story is both their dads worked at the Freezing Works together. I know Jimmy actually spent some time there himself. Um, so, yeah, Matara, one of the great places and uh, giving us a couple of the great characters. So, Hamish, who was on the line. I don't think we've got him anymore. Hamish, you, no, he's dropped off, unfortunately. But you're lucky enough, Hamish. We're going to hold our uh, hold your ticket for you. And Hamish went uh, the force to win by 10. So, how I've done that is I've gone and and I didn't have a perfect 10 or a 9.5, so I've gone into the alternative lines on the first Rebels game, which is, of course, midnight Sunday, and uh, got him his bet in, and it's minus 10.5. So I hope they don't win by 10, and we miss out by 0.5 there, Kim. But anyway, that's paying $2.90, and uh, that's that's great value for Beavers Best. We really like that. We've got on a $1.75 shot tonight at Cambridge Race 5, advance party. Uh, Greer kind of pretty much said, Bit of a day. He's got a lot of money riding on himself. So that was good enough for me. Uh, the Chiefs, Chiefs Crusaders, we had to go there because what a game. Of course. So much interest. So much talk about it all week. Uh, so we've gone the six and a half points head start to the Chiefs. Um, I'm confident they'll win, but uh, let, let's just give ourselves a bit of room just in case the uh, the poachers from Christchurch, as they were effectively known after Israel Dag said they were, um, we'll give them just a little bit of wriggle work just in case they sneak, a, sneak an upset. So six and a half point start for the Chiefs at $1.85 is your third leg. And your fourth leg, which uh, gives you even more value, was something I came up with in the power play section. I'm not usually a power play uh, person myself for my own legs, but uh, I thought this one just... I wanted to go Waratahs all week, actually, Kim, and anyone that's listened to me is... Sort of every day we've talked to the TAB, I've always thought mm. Waratah is good smoky. But I've gone them with the 1-12, to 12 or, or them over the Brumbies. Okay. So either team can win, 1-12. to 12. It's in Okay, Sydney. so you haven't gone for the Waratahs at all? No, I haven't. No. But if the Waratahs win, I'll be a genius. So what? Uh, <laughs> and then, and then what? part of his power play is either team to win 1-12, by 12 and uh, between 41 and 60 match points. So for me, what does that look like? It's like a 25... 16 scoreline gets us home, which, super rugby, geez. In the glory days, you'd have said, is that half time? But uh, no, uh, I think that's a that's a real chance to sneak us into that bracket. So 
If you do your maths, you get your calculators out, as the TAB's done for me here, and Jacob. Uh, the $50 <laughs> that we're putting on for Hamish will get us $1,358 and a massive 31 cents. So I know a lot of you are always keen to follow along on the weekend, as I always do myself, uh, putting, a, put, putting a bit of my hard earn on it myself. I think we're as good a chance as any. Uh, lots of options. I mean, I was interested in the Drua. I like the Drua. Um, they've completely come into a dollar seventy. They were out to twos at the start of the week. Um, there's tri bets that a lot of you have mentioned that I'm interested in. The the Chiefs or Crusaders, even team under seven and a half. But that's the way the it's it's ended. And uh, I tell you what, Hamish, I reckon we might be a chance just yet. I like it, Beef. I like it. Uh one one point I would make. Oh, please. Uh, make two if you've got time. <laughs> it, well, it, it, it's more so that we're then moving on to our next segment, which is our Makita Caller of the Week. And I happen to have had advance warning uh, about who it is, and by that I mean when they've kindly called through, we've called them up, I can see their name and I can see where they're from, and uh, they they might take issue with your with your chief's call. Beef. Yes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Because congratulations to our Makita Caller of the Week, Kenny from Canterbury. You're back, Kenny. I'm back. Look out, Beaver. <laughs> Con- <laughs> congratulations. Thank you so much for calling. $250 Makita voucher coming your way. Before we get to uh, what it might get spent on, would you like any sort of um, right of response, really, to Beaver's confidence about the Chiefs tonight? I'll just let the rugby do the talking, eh? Like, I've had enough chat today. I'll probably just let Beaver off the hook here, I think. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a kind man, Kenny. Oh, you're a kind man. I am looking forward to tonight. It's going to be a humdinger. Well, and, uh... I, I might be a kind man, but I, I won't say the same for the Crusaders. They're going to destroy your little Chiefs there tonight. <laughs> you're talking about born and bred Chiefs men like Brody Rotella. Do... They're not going to lie down. Jeepers. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't tell that to I, I, I mean, I'd say this to your face, Beaver. I wouldn't tell it to Retallic's face. That's just silly. But um, you've, you'll have you'll have one apology to make, and that's to dear old Hamish. You've just lost him a bit of money there. Sorry. <laughs> I think Hamish will be skipping away to the bank on come Monday. Uh, no, yeah, we'll, I'm, I'm we'll looking, see. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, mate, what are you going to do with that two fifty? Anything? Any tools that you think you need straight away? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, pretty, pretty on the on the stat, really. To be honest, um, I have to have a look at their range, but I need to build a fence at home. I need to put in a lawn, but I don't know how they're going to help with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, plenty to plenty to buy. Oh, nice, mate. Start, I'm, I'm sure they'll have a a tool to see you right, Kenny. And are you all um, settled in for kickoff in the Crusaders game? I am fish and chips in the belly, beers in the fridge. Oh, oh brilliant! That Crusaders is... in the Crusaders in the shed, ready to get out there and pummel poor old Mackenzie at first five. Oh, <laughs> here he goes! Now I was looking at the head to head before, so twenty seven seventeen advantage Crusaders in the head to head in terms of wins. There, it's about sixty one percent. But the Chiefs did go down to Orange Theory and win last year, and that's got to that's got to give Beef yeah. some faith. Oh, there's a lot of well, things that's what the Crusaders are saying in the sheds right now. I think they'll be wanting to avenge that. 
Oh, I suspect so, mate. Hey, congratulations. Thank you so much again uh, for calling in. We really do appreciate everyone who listens, everyone who texts and everyone who calls. So appreciate it. Go in, settle in, enjoy your fish and chips uh, and enjoy some rugby. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Beef. Cheers, mate. Oh, what a champion Kenny is. And tell you what, we've just got the uh, the pictures coming up now from down in Christchurch. It's, it's actually looking all right, I must say, Beef, as it goes to a shot of your mate Brad Webber with a fresh wee cut from the looks of it. It's a bit overcast, uh, but doesn't currently look like it's raining. So that's a positive. Absolutely. It'd be a shame if this game uh, has rain on it because I reckon... Early doors, Super Rugby, we could get some points tonight. And uh, I know Kenny will think the guys in red and black will get more than my mob, but either way, I think we could we could see some glory days back to back to your 35s, 28 score lines tonight. I reckon it, it could be fast and it could be furious. I hope so, from a viewing point of view. Because, hey, we're sitting on our couch with our feet up and like Kenny, a bit of fish and chips and a few beers in the fridge. We won. Uh, speaking of the Fast and Furious aspect of it, they're actually just going through some of those law changes, uh, including the shot clock that they are now in- that they are introducing, trialling, I guess, in Super Rugby this year. So it will also be really interesting, actually, to see how that goes. Uh, are they, maybe you know, are they going to have an actual shot clock countdown timer anywhere, or is this just a referee's keeping tabs on it situation? I'd love to see the shot clock somewhere. Same. Yeah. As a goal kicker, I would hate it if it was on the big screen. But let's let's Gl- put it out. Yeah. Glorious for the, for the drama. Oh, absolutely. Um, but no, I don't think they will. But but that's that's how you hold it to account. Because mm. everyone's going on, oh, they've got a shot clock of a minute for this goal kicking now. It's been there for the last 20 years. <laughs> but it's just never enforced. Ugh. You've had the ruck ball thing for the last 10 years, about five seconds. It's just not enforced. So... You've got to hold the refs to account too because they've got to be brave enough to call it. And if they're not brave enough to call it, let's install gigantic clocks on the top of the stand so we can all see it so we can tell the referee. Exactly. Well, let's just do it anyway. Let's, yeah, like, let's do it. You know what I mean, though? Because it's like with yeah. basketball, you know, and you can keep your eyes on it and everyone knows what's going on and it's clear and obvious. And if there's yes. one thing that rugby struggles for sometimes, it is making things clear and obvious. We'll be right back.